We are the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt. Hey. Scott. That's me. Jordan. Salutations. Sabrina. Hey there. And Paul. Me. Thanks for joining us on our adventures. And if you met the dev team of Chrono Trigger while actually playing Chrono Trigger, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, Episode 4. Night has fallen, and our four heroes are in the temple of Lord Moshe with a fire lit, keeping warm, as Pine recounts the tales of their exploits. Today's events have really taken me back to my younger days. Who would have thought this morning, while we were eating that delicious woolly ox omelet with Gerard, that today would be so filled with adventure, heroics, daring do? I know he warned you, Bruce, to keep an eye on the old man. Ha! I hope I showed you there's more to me than age lines, creaky joints, and a razor-sharp wit, hmm? But enough about me. You all performed admirably when the gobloids ambushed us. I should say, tried to ambush us. Nari cleaving them into pieces with your axe, Roos with your crafty crystals putting them to sleep, and Ebby chasing that runner down with wolves' teeth and claws... We instinctively worked as a team, and for that, you should all be proud. I know I am. And here we sit by this campfire, remnants of our day's greatest victory around us. The gobloids, hobloids, and bogloid came out in strength to meet us, and we put them down. This combat showed our mettle. As Nari and I kept the archers from flanking us, Roos and Ebby, you took out their chieftain together. I feared we would lose you, Ebby, when you fell. But I knew that Roos would protect you, even when saving his own life would have been the easier path. And now, here at the altar to the Lord and Lady of Nature, we rest. Who knows what we will find under this sacred tree? I fear I shall not find sleep tonight, even though the day's events have me thoroughly pooped. So here we are. Everybody has got their bedrolls rolled out, except for Abby, I'm sure, um, keeping a watch. Um, but you guys are all pretty tired after the battle that happened last time. Um, and like Pine said, some of the remnants are still around. I, I mean, I, I imagine you moved the gobloids and hobloids and the bogloid away from the temple, maybe out in the brush a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you can still see some splattering of blood uh, on some of the tiles and on the stairs and here you rest near this tree in this planter in the middle of this shrine um knowing that there's something odd about the planter now night has fallen you can see that there's some clouds moving in as you glance up through the the skylight uh of the of the shrine where the rain can kind of fall through to keep the tree watered you can see that there's clouds moving across the sky starting to block out some of the stars and um it doesn't take uh, a survival check or uh, being an expert in nature to know that it looks like rain is uh coming well i don't have much experience fighting gobloids i don't know about any of you guys but do we suspect that they may come back in numbers or do you think that we've officially scared them off for good Uh, anybody can make a history check or a nature check. So, yeah, pine's asleep. So, uh, not pine. 
Nari's near death, so she has also fallen in and out of sleep. <laughs> okay. I rolled a seven on my history check. <clears throat> I'll okay. uh, look over at at uh, Ebby and say, well, I've got much more experience hunting people than uh, gobloids, hobloids, and that sort. So I, I don't I don't have the experience to, to give you an answer on that one. Hmm. Understood. Uh, question for you, Paul. Yes. Has a short, short rest amount of time passed since we had the, the fight? Uh, yeah, a short rest uh, has happened. Uh, that's fine. You guys prepared, finished preparing the camp, got your, um, got your campfire going, moved the bodies out, and then you were just sitting around kind of eating a little bit of a dinner. Uh, Pine was recounting the tales of your exploits. And so, yeah, you've had a short rest long enough before the, the long rest will happen tonight. Got it. I think what I'd like to do in kind of preparation for the long rest, I'm going to use my my summoning of Lord Moshe's companion, the like spirit totem type thing that I can call forth. You know, yeah. one of them, I, I called forth the bear one to give us all some temporary hit points, mm-hmm. but I'm going to call forth the unicorn one um, that comes back every short or long rest. And I'm going to use the unicorn one for now um, just because that will basically um it will allow me to cast some healing spells and really get the most bang for the buck out of our healing um for the group so while i have this aura in effect for us um everybody in the aura whenever i cast a healing spell they'll regain hit points equal to my druid level so they'll get an extra three hit points Uh, everybody will and I've got a couple of spell slots left. And so I'd rather burn these now and then take a long rest and make sure we have hit points just in case somebody does show up in the middle of the night. Right. I'm pretty sure Nari needs some. She was oh, Nari pretty needs low. So many. I was at one HP. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit more, you know, cognizant and uh, looking around a bit, but I'm still hurting. Got it. Well, I'm going to go up to you. Uh, Abby will go up to you, to Nari, and we'll do Erdos's touch. And so he'll, he'll place his metallic arm or hand on your arm, and this green light and magic will flow from him to you. And we will heal you with a second level spell slot for 12 HP, and then everybody in the aura gains an additional three. Thank you, Abby. Nice. I'm feeling much better. And who else Who else needs some healing? At this point, Pine's just tired. If we got short rest in, um, he's at about 21 out of 28 hit points. So he's feeling okay. How are you doing, Roos? Roos is sitting in a corner sewing up um, some of the cuts in his shirt. He got a couple of really bad stabs uh, during the day, but he's looking very, very healthy. Okay, okay. Well, why don't I, at the very least, I will kind of mutter under my breath a few of the words of incantation and cast Erdos's word on you at second level and heal oh, you. I'm at full health. Oh, you already are at full health. Yeah. I just, oh. I was just trying to say that in the <laughs> in character <laughs> way. Got it. Okay. All right. The well, maybe, narrative. Yeah. If you wanted yeah. to give that to Pine and heal Pine all the way up, that's fine too. But I don't think at Evie, you're not full, right? Not yet, but that's okay. Why don't let's, let's get you up to mm. full as well. I'll take that eight points of healing. That'll yeah, me take that eight, and then again, everybody gets an additional three. And then I've got one more spell slot, so I will just use Erdos's touch on myself for the last one. 
That's a sin. <laughs> yeah, on yourself as one does. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to healingly touch myself to soothe away all of my woes and heal myself for for nine. And then again, everybody gets an additional three. Dude, that uh, unicorn is amazing. Yeah. 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 I had thought about throwing that one down in the battle, but I thought maybe the eight temporary hit points might be a better immediate benefit. So like, well, the that, eight, kept, that kept uh, Nari, uh, Nari up, yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. So that's it. I burned all of my spell slots, but hopefully we're at least in decent form. So that way, in case we get attacked in the middle of the night, we're not going to be at near death. Okay. So is everyone going to trust Ebby to keep watch then? Yeah, absolutely. At this point, he healed me, so I'm I'm down. I think yeah. I, I think it's so much a trust thing. Like if I I wouldn't mind staying up a little bit and keeping Ebby company. Okay. I was about to say the same thing. Uh, Roos will offer to to take a watch if uh, it needed. I mean, Pine's already asleep, so he'll take the last watch with Ebby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Roos stays up with Ebby at first, and then. Um... Nari is going to take the middle watch, I guess, and then Pine will take the last watch. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, let's see. I'll have um, Ebby or Roos. One of you can make um, a perception or survival check with advantage because you're helping each other. So whoever wants to make that roll, go ahead and do it with advantage. Roos will assist Ebby. Okay, I'll do a survival check. I've got a little bit of a better score there. With advantage, 21. Oh, fantastic. Nice roll. Um, as you are sitting there, the fire is crackling. You know, um, with the with the clouds moving in, you're getting up high enough in altitude that there's a very good chance that this uh, these clouds will bring rain. And there's also a chance it'll bring some snow with that rain. It's getting quite chilly. So you know to keep that fire going. Um, so every once in a while, I mean, you guys have gathered some wood, but you might step out a little bit and gather some more wood. As you're going out to gather what little dry wood you can find for the fire, um, you do notice that it seems that there is more animal activity in the area now. Like things have been moving back in gradually over the last few hours since your battle with the with the gobloids and the hobloids and the bogloid. Hmm. Good, good. Well, I believe then that we've restored some semblance of order and harmony back into the area. I'm seeing a lot more animals rounded about here. And uh, Roos, I have to thank you from the depths of my metal being for helping save me earlier. Uh, I wasn't certain anything was going to happen. Um, I'm grateful that you tried, actually. Yeah, it was... Uh, look, it was calculated. I, I figured if it worked more likely that I would survive. And if it didn't, well, I was probably going to die. You know, uh, I suppose that may have been true. I was all excited, too, when I saw the grease. I immediately thought, well, if I set this on fire, this will go really well. But they pushed on us pretty hard, so... <laughs> you know, that, that would have been a, a nice little combo move there. Is is breathing fire something that, that you uh, clankers can do, or is that just well, you alone? <laughs> Not innately. You see, I have I have like a met metallic tube here near my mouthpiece, and I can take in potions and other things of that nature, and I use those from time to time. And so I was able to kind of quaff that that fire breathing potion we purchased from Gerard earlier. 
<laughs> Thank goodness oh. I did. I do have some robotic ability to conjure up fire. And if I have enough liquor inside of me, then oh, you can imagine the size of the flame. <laughs> you know, that's that's something I would love to see. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we will. If you have any more of those grease things, oh, we'll make good use of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got plenty of little crystals in my pouch. It uh, some I, I kind of crack them and put them together at night before I go to bed and in preparation for the next day. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, you you continue to have a little conversation quietly. Um, the rest of your watch goes by no problems at all until uh, it's time for Roos to get some sleep. Um, you kind of wake up Nari. Roos, you curl up in your bedroll. Uh, and everyone's kind of close around the fire. And Nari, you wake up uh, and you see Ebby is keeping watch. You feel much better. You know that you'll feel even more better <laughs> after more you finish your, more better you know it's the most bestest you'll feel more better um after you i'm yes i'm sticking to it after you finish your long rest um so right now it's just kind of a, a break in there um but yeah it's your turn to do uh, a watch so why don't you guys do a survival or a perception uh check with advantage whoever wants to roll it i have a plus four perception yeah why don't you go for it I got a 17. 17. All right. Um, as you are sitting there just kind of chatting, I don't know what you're talking about with Ebby, but um, you, you're keeping your eyes open. You can't help Nari, but feel a little bit, um, I would say homesick is the wrong word. It's more like you feel nostalgic because while this is not exactly where you're from, going up into the mountains is kind of reminiscent of how you grew up. Am I, am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, it feels good to breathe the fresh air again and get outside of the city and actually be part of the wild, although goblins are not not exactly what I expected to find out here. Right. Well, as you are sitting and chatting, um, you keep your ears peeled and nothing uh, nothing happens during your shift except for as you are sitting there, you feel the lightest little touch of something cold on your cheek and you realize that indeed it has started to snow. So um, the, the air inside the shrine, even though the walls are kind of open, it's still staying kind of warm there close to the fire, um, but it looks like uh, snow is starting to fall and it actually is starting to accumulate a little bit in the grassy areas and on some of the um, bare branches of these trees that have lost their leaves uh, with fall or with a, uh, yeah, with fall coming on. Um, but your watch ends. If you and Ebby want to talk about anything, feel free. Otherwise we will move on through the night. Uh, only to say when you planted your ax into the back of that one hob hobloid's head, that was superb. A chef's kiss, if you will. Mwah. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Abby. I uh, I really appreciate you taking care of me back there. That that helps a lot. I feel so much better already. Oh, no worries. If there's one thing I've learned watching nature, it's that those that can form a strong pack are the ones that are most likely to survive. Did you watch nature before you became a, a metal metal human, or was that something you were interested in before? I I don't know. I just know that, you know, after I woke up and made my way out of the Imperial Research Facility, 
being amongst nature just felt good. I could feel the flow of the magical energy. I could feel the life force itself. It was as though Lord Moshe was was watching over me and guiding me in those times. <laughs> I didn't know anything about a Lord Moshe until you know a, a time later, but uh, I've always had an affinity for this. Perhaps it existed before I was in this metal tomb. Well, you sound like you're a poet. Well, that's very kind of you to say. All right. The second watch goes on um, through uh, a few hours and you enjoy your the conversation and then it ends and it is now Pine's turn to take the last watch. So Nari, as you wake up Pine, his eyes flutter open. He, I guess, Pine, what do you do as you lay on this hard tile floor of the shrine out in the, out in the fresh air on the cold ground? Um, how does Pine react to that? I think Pine... Pine's invigorated. Like Pine's an, Pine's an old soldier, and he's learned to sleep anywhere because it was he needs to be able to sleep whenever, um, and be ready at a moment's notice. So I think a lot of his instincts are coming back, uh, especially with the fight earlier, uh, the, the the previous day, the two fights we had. All right, Nari goes back to sleep, and Pine, you are awake with Ebby. Okay, and. Let's see. I want you guys to make either perception or survival. Do it with advantage, and one of you make the roll. I think Abby should, because uh, I'm, I'm trained in, in perception, but it's only a plus two. Got it. I will go ahead and make another survival roll, because I've got a pretty good... Oh, and I say pretty good, and I roll a three and a two on that. Nice. Uh, after the bonus, it's an eight. Okay. Um, we'll say this. Abby, you've been up. I mean, you're always up, but you've been awake and aware and kind of watching the night. And as your old friend Pine wakes up, I imagine that you guys, you've never really done this before, what you've done today or um, yesterday. You've never fought together like that. You've never taken on odds that were literally life and death. And you probably have some, some uh, discussion, some conversation about it, some, uh, you bond over this experience. And as you guys talk and discuss what happened and maybe what's coming forward, you just kind of lose track of time. Like that's, that's really all that happens. You lose track of time. Yeah. First thing out of first thing out of Pine's mouth when, when, uh, when Nari lays down is he goes over to Ebby and says, I told you so. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't known or been friends with anyone other than you, Pine. I have to say, it feels good to be around people that I feel like I'm beginning to trust them. And I like this. I like having a pack that I can move with. They're good people, aren't they? I had my doubts about that ruse. Um, but uh, he, I think he really showed his quality when he, when he came to your aid. Yes, absolutely. He still hesitates a bit. I'm hoping I can earn that trust over time. <laughs> I don't doubt him or... or, or uh, I I can understand why he may not want to trust one that looks like myself, but uh, it feels good to be part of this group. Was this much like when you were in the military those years ago, uh, having this kind of camaraderie amongst your, your men? Somewhat. More so when I was a, a young soldier. As I got older and rose through the ranks, I didn't have these kinds of relationships with those troops under my command. Uh, I do miss it. it. It reminds me of much younger days. Well, there's been a spring in your step ever since we've gotten out into these mountains and ever since you've taken that sword in your hand. Mm. Yes, it feels natural. It feels good. Uh, 
And then he kind of knocks on his chest and you hear a knocking sound. And he's like, I'm glad I was able to keep some of my things from my military days. <laughs> Me too. Um, and then uh, Pine will also say, um, and that, that Nari, that she's not someone I'd ever want to be on their bad side. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> I'm glad she's with us. Indeed. Okay. The Before you know it, as you are chatting, um, we'll say, Pine, you keep kind of, I know that Pine was interested in this before, so I'm just going to kind of take that lead and say, as you're chatting, Pine, you can't help but keep looking back at that crack around the base of the planter. The, the, the planter with the tree in it, yeah. Yes. You can't help but look at the base and, and remember the crack or the seam that you had seen earlier, as well as all of the all of the uh, interchange with the branch and the pulling on it and the click and, and then everything kind of went to crap uh, and, and it's still on your mind. But you and Ebby chat throughout the rest of your watch and before you know it, the sun is coming up. Uh, it starts to shine on uh, not like a full blanket of snow, but there's definitely patches of snow um, stuck to areas of grass, stuck to some of the trees and on the branches. Um, and it looks like um, the snow has stopped falling and it might be a clear day, but it is definitely a colder day than the day before. And it's time for everyone. I guess everyone kind of wakes up as the sun, sh sun shines down on your, on your group. And we get to finish a long rest. Long rest. Whoop, whoop, <sighs> now everyone throw away that tent. It's no good anymore. That's right. I, <laughs> forgot, I forgot that in those old games, tents were only one use items. <laughs> Quickly build that cabin and now throw it away. Oh it makes God. me wonder what's going on. What is going on in those tents? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I'm not going to say what it is, but there is an Auntie Donna sketch on YouTube about being in a tent with your friends that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Just look it up. I it's hilarious. am writing that down now. I love <laughs> Auntie Donna. Okay. All right. Everyone is awake. Uh, the tree is in front of you. The ground is cold. It's a little bit like a uh, frosty. Uh, there's snow on the, on the grass and in the trees. And what does today bring? Uh, just a quick reminder. This is now two days. Wait. Yeah, this is now two days since the proclamation that in seven days, they'll start hanging people. So there are five days left, if my math is correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, what do you think? Do you think that underneath this planter may be a... Uh... Secret hideout for fallen heaven? I doubt that, but I do think something important is hidden under there or else it wouldn't be hidden. Well, let's see if we can move this thing. And Pine will go back to that same branch and pull down on it uh, to try to do whatever that did. Uh, the, when you go back to that branch, you find it relatively easily. It's still down. It has not sprung back up. Okay. You know what I mean? You pulled on it and it stayed down. It's still at a natural angle. Um, but it has not popped back up. And you said that it moved some kind of a hook, like maybe a latch. Yeah. Roos saw a, like a, a hook stuck in like an eye bolt or something, something to that effect. And when, um, the branch was pulled down, the, the hook sprung up and unhooked from the, the eye bolt it, that, that whole hook and circle apparatus disconnected. Well, let's see if we can slide this thing to the side. And Pine will get sure. off that and try to like see if he's if, if he can start pushing it any one direction. I'll give him help with that. Yeah, I'll yeah, help Ruth, him with that. Roos will stand up, okay. uh, you know, push up his sleeves, and then kind of look and see that Nari is way bigger and stronger than him, <laughs> and just kind of like 
Eh, I think they've got it, and I'll step back. <laughs> yeah, right, she, um, she's definitely the strongest one here. Pine is very <laughs> lean and old, so she's definitely taking the lion's share. Okay. Um, so, Nari, why don't you go ahead and make a strength check with advantage, as you have a lot of help. Uh, 22. Oh, gosh. Easy enough. I was going to play a joke on you guys that if you started pushing on it and you pushed it from the wrong side, it wasn't going to go anywhere and you guys just stress yourself out. But, I mean, the joke is, is that as you start pushing on it, it opens surprisingly easily. There's not even a creak or groan or anything of uh, of any kind of apparatus or rust or anything like that. And as you push, the planter moves to the side and you can see that directly underneath this planter, it moves all the way off of its base uh, to the west. And now there is a spiraling staircase descending down into the dark depths beneath this shrine. There is no light coming up from from the bottom, though. Hmm. Well, it seems like there's only one option here. Who's up for an adventure? Let's do it. So you guys are going down. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to, trying to figure out marching order, though. Who who would be best to go first? <laughs> Who needs to go first? I don't mind going first, but I'm not super sneaky. Yeah, dexterity is not one of my strong suits, but I do have that night vision, if that would help. Yeah, Roos, Roos kind of looks sheepishly and says, uh, well, I could sneak, but I can't see in the dark, so... If I got a torch or a light or anything, they'd be able to see me coming, no matter how stealthy I were. Well, uh, Abby and I have no problem with the dark. Um, here, and I'll hand you a red candle. Um, oh, oh I, I've got to, I'll pull out one of my crystals and I'll crack it and I'll uh, put it, I'll like slit it in a, a slot on my shoulder and uh, it emits a, a dim glow. So that I can, I can fend for myself in the dark. I just... Uh, can't see in the dark. Okay, okay. I'll put the red candle away. I appreciate the offer, though. Uh, how much light does your does your crystal give off? It is... Let me pull it up real quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just the light spell. Okay. Uh, it I, I is, don't know what that means. is it 20 feet? 20 foot radius, yeah. Dim light radius. for another 20 feet. So 40 feet total, but half of that dim. Okay. All right, so who's leading the way? If we want to split up, if we want to split up, Abby and I can go first and you two can follow behind. Should we have, if if you two can see in the dark, should we have one of you lead and the other one of you trail us? I'd be happy to take up a rear guard if we need it. If we're in the dark, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I, I'm pretty light on my feet. I think I could go in the front. All right, I'll follow behind. Uh, what do you think? Maybe 40 paces? Sounds good. Okay. And I'll, and I'll send up an alarm if I run into anything that okay. I can't handle on my own. Okay. So do I have this right? It's going to go Pine, Nari, Ebby, and then Roos, or is it Pine, Ebby, Nari, Roos? I think I you're think totally off. Ebby is at the end because yeah. he's yeah. taking up the rear guard because he oh, can see in the Sorry. Park. My bad. That's Pine, Roos, Nari, Ebby. Okay, I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. I get That's distracted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so the order is Pine, Roos, Nari, and then Ebby bringing up the rear. So, Pine, you start descending these steps in a sneaky manner. Why don't you make a stealth check? Okay, here I go. 
I rolled a 13. Okay. Um, it's actually fairly easy to stay quiet. The, your foot, your feet make a, a little, um, a little step sound as you, as your boot hits the stone steps as you descend, but it's fairly quiet. It's like, it's one of those weird things. I don't know if you've ever, ever been in a cave, but, um, sometimes in caves, sound doesn't travel very well. You kind of assume it would like echo off the walls, but sometimes like, uh, up here in the Northwest, we have the ape cave. Mm -hmm. And you might have somebody right around the corner from you in this cave, and you can't hear them until they are right on top of you. Something about it just kind of muffles the sound. And as you're descending, Pine, that's kind of the feeling that you get. You're descending, and people behind you, they cannot hear your footfalls, even though they can still kind of see you until you disappear into darkness. Um, so Pine starts to go down. Uh, Roos goes down with his light on his shoulder. Uh, illuminating the area. And then Nari follows with Ebby bringing up the rear. Um, as you all pass by kind of the, um, the threshold, uh, it's fairly easy to see. There's a little lever um, on the wall right by the top step. And right now it is in a down position. Something tells me that if we throw this, it'll close up the door. Do you think it's worthwhile to do that to ensure we're not being followed? If those goblins are out there, probably. I'm going to go ahead and throw the lever. Okay. As you, as everyone descends down in, um, Nari, it starts to get really dark. Ebby pulls the lever up, and you hear a very you hear the mechanism, but it's very smooth. It's very quiet. You can it's it's almost uh, what's that called? Where it's like a oh ESMR? Is that what it's called? ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. It's just kind of like a little rhythmic clicking and kind of a little sliding sound. And it just slides, that whole planter just slides right back over the top. And there's a woman who's rubbing her fingers across canvas and stroking <laughs> her fingernails on a hairbrush, talking in her low, sexy voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pouring liquid into a cup. Things like Let's, that. Hear, <laughs> Let's hear that low, sexy voice, Pine. <laughs> and now I'm running my fingernails <laughs> through the brush. <laughs> noise and i think nari will light a torch so she can see her own light too okay all right so nari has a what like uh that's a 20 foot as well yes, correct mm -hmm. okay um all right you start to descend the steps uh i want uh pine since you're leading the way why don't you make a perception check okay plus two come on oh it's a seven just a seven Okay. Uh, as you are descending the steps, you you see that the stairs themselves are relatively smooth. You can see, though, that there are um, kind of indentations. These stairs have seen a lot of footfalls um, over the years. Um, you do see on the wall itself, there's some moss. You put your hand on the wall and you can feel like a trickle of water every once in a while as you know, you're now below the water table. And so every once in a while, like some of the water will kind of seep in um, and uh, and run down the sides of the of the tube that you're descending. And as you continue to go down, it seems to become more and more where basically at one point, every time you touch the wall, it's wet. But you descend for a long time. Um, in fact, you descend for a good 10 minutes before... Um, Pine, you put your foot right into psh, a puddle of water before you realize you're stepping into a pool. 
the bottom of this chamber looks like, or at least from here on, it's water. And as you gaze around, you can see it looks like the the chamber continues around in a in a um, a straight tube down. But you look, you can't tell really which direction you're looking. Um, but we'll just call it west, or sorry, east, just to keep things straight. Um, you look to the east, and you can see that there it looks like there's a kind of an opening um, into what looks like a hallway. It looks like there may have been some doors here at one point, and they have since collapsed, and there's some rubble strewn about. Um, but it looks like you may have descended to the bottom of this tunnel, this uh, this tube. So it's not like so it's not like the shaft continues downstairs would keep going down, but I and I, but I'd have to swim lower. It's I've reached the floor. I, I feel like you 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 figure you're probably at the floor at this point. Yeah. How deep is the water? So the water is just like um, it looks like it's right up, about up to your uh, like mid calf. Okay. But the real question is, yes. how deep is your love? <laughs> <laughs> how deep is your love? How deep is that's copywritten right it is totally mm-hmm. okay well, I, I, I guess you can play 30 seconds of some songs but I, we'd have to look that up uh we don't subscribe is it ascap is that what it's called something like that i don't know yeah. anyway <laughs> uh, so you have descended now to the point where it looks like you're at the bottom of this of this tube and it looks like there's a hallway kind of running uh west of here it's about 15 feet wide and it extends on to um ebby i think i mean sorry pine i think you can pretty much see all the way down to what looks like doors at the far end all right i will um i can see their light descending right yeah you can you can definitely see the lights descending yes i'm going to carefully make my way to those fallen doors and try to get out of the water okay um, why don't you make a, uh, an acrobatics check? Come on. 19. Oh, easy, easy. You, uh, you kind of look left, look right. You see a little stone kind of with the top sticking out and you, um, kind of crouching tiger, hidden dragon, kind of run across the top of the stones and jump into the hallway. And, uh, you, you your feet barely got wet. Cool. Cool. Um, and next down the pathway is. Roos. Roos will pause at the water as well and look at his boots and sigh and attempt the same thing. Okay, why don't you make an acrobatics check? Uh, rolled a 14. Not quite as um, as uh, pristine as pines, but it does the job. You, you slip a little bit on some of these rocks because, I mean, these rocks are pretty slippery. This rubble is pretty slippery, but you managed to get into the hallway without falling into the water. Nari, that brings us to you. You see this water. You have seen um, Roos. You see his light dart across and go into this hallway that now you can't see because he's out of your field of vision as you continue to descend these steps. And you get to the water and you can see where they have gone. I need you to make an acrobatics check to see if you can get across without getting wet. I got a three, so I'm going to get a little little damp. (laughs) You are fairly certain you can do this no problem. You even see the rock that Roos stepped on, and as you leap across, you your foot just slides right (laughs) out from underneath you, and you splash right down into the water. Um, It is very cold. Your torch goes out, um, and uh, you... Make a big splash. 
I need you to make a perception. Well, actually, no, your torch went out. Never mind. You swim up. You can see Roos in the hallway, and you're able to swim over to the rubble and climb out, um, but you are now wet. Now, here's something that's kind of interesting. The temperature is actually warmer down here than it was up above, but not very much. Hmm. The water is frigid, though. As as Nari climbs out, Pine will say, I'm so sorry. Uh, the bottoms of our boots were wet, and we're the ones who made that rock slippery for you. I believe it. Make a diplomacy check, or persuasion <laughs> check. Okay, wrong game. That's right, I forget. Sorry, Pathfinder has diplomacy. I rolled an 18 in persuasion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're like, yeah, you know what? That's right, it wasn't my fault. It was, it was their fault. Yes, uh, I believe that. <laughs> I'll take it. Ebby, that brings us to you. What I actually forgot to do, I need Roos, Pine, and Ebby to make per, uh, perception checks, and I want Roos to do it with disadvantage. Pine rolled a 13. Okay. Ebby got an 11. Uh, seven. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you... Uh, as you come across the water, Ebby, you get down to the bottom of the water, and Pine, you're kind of watching back as Nari climbs out, and it looks like you can see something in the water catching the light off of Roos's, um, his, uh, his light on his shoulder, his glowing crystal. Something under the water, um, like attached to the wall, is kind of reflecting light back. It's very small, very um, hard to see, but you, you kind of see it out of, out of the corner of your eye. Pine does? Pine does, yes. Okay, well, Pine's going to go try to take a peek, see what it is. Um, you are you, you can make an investigation check uh, if you want to. Ebby, um, let's have you do an acrobatics check to get across the water without slipping in. The water's great. Come on in. Ooh, I got a 20 for acrobatics. Ooh. Okay, oh, yeah. Um, Ebby, you, you um, don't even crouching tiger, hidden dragon across the rocks. You literally leap, and uh, you make the jump no problem. Oh, which one's better, though? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or just a leap? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, imagine, if you will, C-3PO pulling, like, a front flip. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the uh, the latest version. Was it Atlas from uh, Boston Dynamics that can do the front flip? <laughs> yes. That's what I'm picturing right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. All right, cool. So, Pine, you step back towards the water's edge, um, and you glance back in, and you you do your, your peek. And what did you roll for your investigation? I rolled a 15. Okay. It looks like attached to the wall, there might be some naturally growing crystals in here. Now, just a quick uh, information dump for people who are listening to this. Crystals are naturally occurring, but they are also used in all kinds of ancient technology that's been recovered and utilized, especially by the empire, uh, the Almerian empire. People go hunting for crystals. There's guilds that look for crystals. There's there's uh, like scavengers that go looking for crystal. Um, and then they, they sell it to, um, to whoever wants to bid for it. People will use crystals to sometimes like rich people will use them to light their houses. Um, sometimes people will use them for other uh, mundane things, but they're also used for things like um, gigantic barriers to protect a city, um, which somebody may have some experience with. They're used for, crystal tech that was like ancient cannons that blast magic instead of uh, traditional munitions. And so as you're glancing back into this water, you can see on, on the wall uh, in at the base of this, uh, this tube, uh, it looks like there are some naturally occurring crystals that have grown under the water line. Okay. Um, Pine with his limited understanding of crystal tech and kind of 
I'm, I'm assuming that would be like an arcana thing, um, won't attempt to harvest them, but he'll come back and tell everybody else, this, this tunnel has crystals in it just under the waterline. I found them. If, if anybody wants to try to harvest them, they could fetch some good money. Now, you can't tell what colors they are, um, uh, but uh, you can definitely see these crystals. I mean, I'm already wet. I don't mind taking a hack at it. So you're going to go back in the water and look for some crystals? Yeah. I okay. will I will light my red candle <laughs> and light it up light it up for for uh, Nari so I can point out exactly where I found them. Okay. Yeah, it looks like they're back. Basically, um you couldn't really see them as you were descending the steps. You had to come across because it looks like they're on the wall kind of underneath this the last couple of stairs. Um so Nari's going to have to go in um and Nari when you fell in, it looks like it's deep enough that it'll, it will be over your head. Um, it looks like maybe the, the floor of this, um, this cavern may, you're not quite sure, but it looks like the, the stairs end, but the bottom of the stairway is a little bit deeper than the actual stairs. And you're not exactly sure why, uh, but you will probably have to actually swim. It's not going to be a waiting type of a thing. Okay. Well, I'll take off my chain mail and my, uh, ax and I will, you know, just jump into that water and head on over there and see what I can figure out. Okay. Um, you jump into the water. It is quite cold. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to take a, make a constitution save. Okay. And I do have a defense against cold as well. I, I figured you probably did. You're probably the best person to do this. Um, so constitution is 16. 16. Yeah, you can feel the cold, but you guys just shrug it off. Um, and you swim over and you see this cluster of crystals. Um, I want you to make a an athletics roll to try to get some of these off the wall. 17. 17. All right, no problem. You managed to get these crystals off the wall. I'm going to make a quick roll. <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. I rolled randomly. Um, you managed to get some crystals off the wall. As you come back to the hallway, soaking wet, you have some crystals in your hand. They are yellow um, crystals. And um, as you're looking at them, I rolled randomly to see how, how valuable they were. You got about three gold pieces worth of crystals. Nice. Worth. Oh, <laughs> what did you, when you rolled randomly, Paul, what did you roll? I rolled a D100 and I rolled a three. <laughs> I was say, he rolled a D3. Good oh man. You guys could have been loaded after that, but uh, instead, um, not so much. All right. You now have some crystals on you, about three gold pieces worth of yellow crystals. <laughs> if nobody else needs them, I, I use crystals for some of my little gadgets and uh, tricks that I do. Yeah, you can have them. I... I don't think I need three gold pieces worth. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I appreciate it. I'll I'll take the the crystals and put them in my pouch. Perfect. And then okay. Pine will say Pine will say to to Nari, if you'll allow me, I I could help you get back in your chainmail and make speed things up a bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Can you can you reach? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Pine, roll to flirt. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Nara, you get your armor back on. Um, you're you can feel the cold, but it doesn't affect you like it would probably the others. Uh, and then now you are standing here all 
you know, ready, bunched up in this hallway. And about 40 or 50 feet down the way, there is a big double door um, that you can just barely see. Well, Pine and Ebby can see it just fine. The rest of you can barely see it at the edge of Roos's uh, light on his shoulder. Okay, let's head down that way. Should we, should we sneak? Oh, yes, I think we should. Caution, yes. The door might see us already, though. <laughs> okay, so I want you guys to make uh, just make a group stealth check. One person roll it with advantage. Oof. Hey, Roos, you want to roll that with advantage? <laughs> I was just going to say, I might take the honors. <laughs> I got a 20. Fantastic. You, uh, as you creep down the hall, every once in a while, um, there's like a little bit, just some, a little bit of rubble that's kind of washed up in here. There's some um, spider webs in the corners. There's just some like roots sticking out. Every once in a while, there's something that you know, if you step on, it will make some noise. And, and Roos is just able to kind of grab a shoulder and kind of pull people out of the way so they don't step on anything. And you get to this door and you have been very, very quiet. As you are looking at these doors, they look very sturdy, very well made. They also look like they're they're not wood. They are metal doors, and there is something um, something mechanical looking about these doors. You've some of you may have seen doors that are mechanical in nature. You know, the normal door in the world is a wooden door, you know, with like a ring to pull it open. You know, it's classic run-of-the-mill fantasy-style door. Um, these ones are more like um, something that maybe somebody would have seen in an airship or maybe in some of the new imperial establishments. They're, they're, uh, some of their buildings and their uh, infrastructure, you might see something like this, but this looks old. This looks uh, beautiful, almost like a work of art, but it is definitely more of a mechanical as opposed to a wood, more mundane door. Russo will reach into his pocket and pull Gigi out and uh, offer her a little treat and uh, whisper, all right, all right, little girl, let's uh, let's see if we can't figure this door out. And I'd like to investigate it with her help to see if there's any sort of mechanism that might uh, be a trap or if it's locked to see um, how we might get it open. Is it all the way to the ground? Can she even sneak underneath it? It is. It is all the way to the ground. It looks like almost like these doors... um, if you were to, to guess looking at them, it's almost like they uh, they run in a like a trough, like they are flush. And it almost looks like um, if they slide, they're in like a groove on the top and the bottom. If that makes sense. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's basically it's a, it's a turbo lift is what you're saying. Oh, from, oh my gosh. You're entering yeah. the Jeffries tubes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check with advantage there, Roos. Okay. I got a 14. Gigi flits over to the door. um, And as uh, she kind of crawls around and looks and there's actually, um, there are two handles um, and uh, she, you see a little hole um, that she kind of sticks her eye in. She kind of licks it a little bit and then she flutters back over to you. And as you're kind of looking and seeing her body language, uh, it looks like, you can't detect any traps, but it looks like it is locked. Okay. I'll, I'll relay that to the group and uh, um, keep Gigi in my hand because if it is locked, I'll need her again because I can't pick locks, but she can. Well, we have, we have no key, so can you pick it? Sounds like we need Gigi. Well, I, I can't pick it myself, but uh, she, her, uh, she's, she's pretty skilled at this sort of thing. It's, it's kind of fun to watch. 
and I will roll to open it up. Fantastic. Make that roll to see if Gigi can get that lock open. I got a 19. That's awesome. Um, Gigi goes back over, looks at the lock. She, I mean, the hole, um, and she, she can't fit in the hole. She's a little too big. It's a pretty small hole, but she kind of sticks her paw in there. Or I guess, what do lizards have? Her claw um, in there. And then she kind of turns around. She sticks her tail in there. And then she looks inside and then she sticks her tongue in there. And all of a sudden you hear a very soft click. And then the two doors slide open. Yari has fallen in love with Gigi and <laughs> thinks that that's the cutest thing ever. I love the fact that Roos doesn't actually know how to pick locks. It's all Gigi doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. He's kind of useless, but he does have a cool friend. <laughs> so I'll uh, Roos will uh, put Gigi back in his pouch and, and offer her a treat and say, you guys need her around more than me sometimes, but that's all right. Yes. <laughs> we'll keep you both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Okay, so the door slides open, and in it afterwards, you see that there is this kind of octagonal room. It looks to be about 40 or 50, well, no, like 30 or 40 feet across. Um, there's some tile work on the inside. Straight ahead to the uh, east, you see there's a little alcove. And then to the south, you see there's another alcove. Um, but um, yeah, that's what you see. It looks like there's some some different colored tiles here in this room. I don't want to walk on those tiles, so I'm just going to be straight up and say it. So there's different colored, what, like what, what, what are the colors of the tiles, Paul? Okay, so the color of the tiles are red, orange, yellow, green, light blue, dark blue, purple, and white. And they kind of go around if the if the center of the room has tiles um, like set up in a square, it kind of goes uh, uh, in a, a a circle, basically. Uh, the top row is white, red, orange, and then the middle is purple. And then there's a space and then there's a yellow. And then the bottom row is dark blue, light blue, green. If you're going left to right. Um, everybody can make a history or arcana check. History it is. Well, Pine got a nine. Ooh, I got a 19. Okay. Roos got an 11. Okay. Nari, what'd you get? Uh, six. Six. Okay. So everybody rolled history. Nobody rolled arcana. Um, yeah. Uh, so Pine and, and uh, Roos, you kind of are scratching your heads. This looks kind of familiar, but uh, Ebby, you look at these tiles and you know instantly where you've seen this same organization and, and pattern of colors. This looks like the symbol that the Almerian Empire uses. They have like these colors uh, in a uh, in a circle surrounded by a gold ring. That's kind of the symbol for the Almerian Empire. And as you look, you realize that it's actually in the same order as well as you go around this kind of circle of tiles. I believe that this is. Could this facility be imperial? If you look, the colors, they're in the same order as what you might see on the insignia from the guard uniforms or from some of the other in imperial uh, officers. You're, you're right, Ebby. Ebby, you say that, but with your 19 history, you know that this facility, just judging by how, like, what it looks like, the, the amount of wear and tear in here, this predates the empire. The empire you would know is roughly about 50 to 55 years old. Um, this is definitely older than that. 
I'm quite confused. I thought the Empire had only been around for a number of decades, but this seems significantly older. Hmm. Okay. There are, there are also two alcoves, one to the east and one to the south. I, I agree with Nari. I think I'm not willing to step on the mosaic of these different colors. I think I'll walk around the edge of the room and go check out that eastern alcove. Okay. I will say, so these are the symbols, or these are the, the color pattern of the Almerian Empire. Could this have anything to do with their, um, their, their deity, their, their, um, angel? I've, I've worked with them for a number of years, but I don't know much about their theology or really their inception. So I'm at a loss on this one. Because I would assume that, I would assume that what they worship would have been around longer than the empire itself. You can make a religion check, Pine. Mm, I'm not good at those, though. Oh, you can still uh, try. A 14, actually. That's better than my history check. Uh, you're not sure. You don't yeah. know, really know anything about um, uh, Iramil, the Angel of Unity, um, except for you have seen the symbol. Um, you've seen the symbol a lot. Uh, well, I don't know about a lot. How often does Pine do any kind of um, religious worship? Oh, no, not, no. Not at all. Okay. Well, you know the symbol because you've seen it around in places. The, this symbol of Iramil, this kind of two hands um, that are, uh, I think last uh, last time we talked about it, it, the symbol that the soldiers make is like the bird that Napoleon Dynamite does during right. the- Napoleon Dynamite's bird. Yep. <laughs> the Napoleon Dynamite's <laughs> language bird. Um, but uh, I think the symbol was two hands, or no, a hand that had two wings on either side. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and th that's like when you think of that angel of unity, that's the symbol you think of. But you now that Abby has mentioned the colors and the, this pattern, it definitely does uh, look like the same pattern as the Almerian Empire uh, banners. And um, even their uniforms sometimes will have like an insignia on on one chest that has the same uh, ring of colors in the same order. Okay. And you imagine it must be important. Well, I will go check out the southern alcove i guess okay. i'll accompany you okay so ebby and Roos, are you guys both going to this uh eastern alcove yeah i think so yeah yeah i'll accompany ebby okay um ebby and Roos, as you guys go into the eastern alcove you see it's relatively small it's like uh, 15 feet across there's a big statue um at the far end the uh, at the very eastern edge of this little alcove and is this kind of brass and bronze and copper statue. It looks like it's been sitting here for a while. It's kind of got a, 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 a patina on it. And uh, some of the features have worn away. Um, why don't Roos and Ebby, why don't one of you guys make an investigation check with advantage? Um, how's that for you, Roos? Are you, are you pretty good at investigating things? Yeah. Well, it's mostly GG, but uh we can we can make things happen. <laughs> I may defer to your skill in this matter then. Um, uh, thirteen is what I got. My passive is sixteen though. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm okay. Regardless, you can tell that this statue um, it's it's designed to look like some kind of a being, um, a a humanoid of some kind. It looks like they might have. Um, uh, some like it might be some kind of a deity or something an ancient deity or it might be you're not exactly sure some kind of a a totem it looks like it probably had a beak 
like a bird's beak, but it's got like a human body um, and outstretched in front of it. It has um, its hands cupped out in front of it. And in the hands, you can see all manner of different colors of tiny little crystals. Hmm. Probably only worth three gold though. So <laughs> they, so Russ will walk up to the, the outstretched hand and, and wonder how, how long would they have lasted in this, this hand without, you know, uh, through, through time, basically, is this something that, that would be normal? Would they decay at all? Um, you, you can make a, a nature check. I'm not, this, this might be in, in everything, but we'll see. <laughs> well, this is a Roos question. So that's right. 15. Um, you know, it, it, it depends on the kind of crystal, I guess, uh, or not the kind of crystal, but kind of what the crystal is, is designed to do. You know that sometimes crystals will be imbued with like a, a power to do a specific thing and those will degrade over time. But as far as like a naturally occurring crystal, they might be here for a very long time. You're just not exactly sure. Crystals are not like the deposits of crystals that we know in our world. These are like almost like the earth's magical essence kind of thrusting forth out of the earth. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So crystals are a little different. They have this innate power in this world that they don't have in our world, uh, unless you're a, like a, a religious healer of some kind. Okay. We'll jump over to Nari and Pine. Um, Pine and Nari, you head down into the, uh, the Southern alcove. And at the bottom of that alcove, you see that there is also a statue. Um, this statue, why don't you guys make a, an investigation check? Let's just each make our own. I think we're probably both not great at it. I'm not great at it. Okay. I rolled a three. <laughs> I got an 11. 11. Okay. So, um, Pine, you're looking around the room. You get kind of distracted by the walls and, and kind of looking for, like, secret passages and, like, little clicks or whatever, <laughs> little uh, bricks that you can push on and open a door or something like that. Um, Nari, you're looking at the statue. You see that the statue itself is made out of Looks like bronze, brass, some copper. Um, again, the features are, are worn away on this one. This one looks like, I mean, you would assume it's, uh, it looks like a humanoid wearing armor. There's, it looks like a lot of um, like squared off edges and um, not like naturally flowing lines. Does that make sense? It's much more um, mechanical looking in nature or rigid and, and, uh, and blocky than the other statue was, but you wouldn't know that, but I'm just trying to describe it for you to get an idea of what you see. Mm -hmm. And it uh, has two outstretched hands in front of it, uh, like a cupping shape and the hands are empty. What about the room around us? Like, is there anything I see as far as the shape of the room or anything on the walls? You see pine pushing bricks on the walls. Concern it. He's tapping on the wall with his cane. Tap, 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 tap. I heard this story about One-Eyed Willie. I'm looking for his treasure. Um, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it looks like a small little octagonal room, a uh, little octagonal alcove off the uh, south edge of the of the much larger octagonal room with the floor tiles. Okay. I, mean, uh, I guess I'll just come back up to this room and share my findings with uh, Roos and Ebby. They got the good crystals again, so I'm a little salty, but that's okay. <laughs> well, nobody has the crystals. They're in the know. hands of the statue. Oh, I, I'm going to look at Ebby and, and ask Ebby, so should we take those crystals 
and see if they do something, maybe with the floor. What, do the color of the crystals match what's in the other room? Uh, you see a smattering of all co- uh, different colors, all all nine, all eight of the colors: red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or light blue, dark blue, purple, and white. Okay, it it can be worth a shot. Okay, well let's let's each take a couple and and uh, try and figure this out. Sounds like a plan. All right, you guys reach for the crystals. Um, Roos, actually, Ebby, you reach for the crystals. You grab a couple crystals and you pick them up in your hand. Roos, you reach for the other bunch of crystals and you go to grab them and you cannot pull them off the statue. They are stuck hard to those hands. Hey, did you did you do something, Ebby? These, these crystals won't move. What are you talking about? I just pulled them up like this. Can, can I try and grab another one? Yeah, you grab, you grab no problem. Like this. The ones that I was trying to grab? Oh, yeah. It seems like Ebby has no problem picking up these crystals that for you were stuck like glue to these hands. All right, Ebby. I don't know what you're doing, what prank you're playing on me, but uh, those crystals don't move for me. Really? That seems yeah. very strange. Hmm. You didn't do anything to them? No, no, not at all. Hmm. I put one of them back on there and say, try to move that one. I'll reach out and try and grab it. It is stuck hard. You know what this means, guys? This means Ebby is the one true king of England. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't figured that out. I guess you take them. I I can't seem to pick these up. Huh. Very strange. I'll go ahead and grab all of the crystals here then. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, you have all these crystals in your hand. And I'll, I'll walk back into the main room. Okay. All right. Everyone kind of uh, reconvenes in this main room. Yeah. As Effie's coming back, I'm going to ask him where he saw, where he got those crystals from and, and what, what they found. Uh, they were just on this statue of this uh, kind of bird creature in the other room here. It was weird. It was like Roos couldn't pick them up. It was like they were cemented in there for him. Yeah. I'm still not convinced that Abby wasn't playing a trick on me. <laughs> That's strange. We we found a statue with outstretched hands, uh, cupped, but but with no no crystals or anything anything good in there. Well, it seems like somebody needs some crystals in their hands. Perhaps we go take these down there and see what happens. I think that seems like a good plan. So I'll go ahead and walk down to that alcove and uh, try to go place them in the hand of. Roos will stay in the main room to observe. Yeah, Pine's going to be in the main room too, but he's going to say, as you guys are walking, he'll say, does anyone else find it odd that the symbols of the Empire with their one angel of unity would be found underneath a shrine to the Lord and Lady of Nature? Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around it too, but I'm also formulating a plan to get rid of the Empire from Tabory. I'd love to hear it. Well, if we can direct them here, even if we find nothing, this might be of uh, significant interest enough to get them to focus their efforts away from the city. You know, you ask if this seems strange, but if I if I may kind of draw some quick comparisons or some conclusions here, Roos, you're part of what was the name of the group that you're with again? I work for Howling Talon. The Howling Talon. And your your symbol is the talon of a hawk or something of that nature, right? 
Yeah, I'll uh, point to the symbol on the back of my gloves. Well, that symbol has quite significance these days, but the talon as an as an artifact of nature existed far before that group existed. Perhaps these colors and symbols related to these different crystals have existed long before even the Empire existed. That's a very valid point. Every now and then I'll open up one of my orifices and a nugget of truth may slip out. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not a different orifice with a different type of nugget. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't, don't let all the nuggets slip out at once, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll put the crystals in the hand of the uh, of the statue. Okay. So this armored looking statue. Ebby, while you're doing this, I want you to make a quick uh, just a perception check. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Perception. Uh, 20. Noise. Oh. Ebby, as you put the crystals into the hands of this statue, uh, every crystal, the hand goes down a little bit more and a little bit more until you put the last crystal in and then you hear this click and the wall to the west of you, um, which looked like a solid wall, opens up. And beyond, you can see a long, narrow hallway stretching out into darkness. But more interesting than that, at least to you initially, Ebby, is as you look at this statue, yes, it's faded with time and it's worn down. The shape of the head looks familiar to you. The shape of the head looks kind of like your head. This is so strange. I feel like this statue is almost like it's almost like it's a statue of myself which is strange because i've only been around for about five years by my recollection but there's a there's a hallway here i don't know if if you all want to come investigate this with me i knew it i knew it i knew there was a secret passage in here somewhere (laughs) and as you look you see that this is actually the the very wall you were hitting with your cane and you're like there's got to be something here there's got to be something here and then you kind of gave up and then there was something there well note to self follow my intuition okay so i want to know something i know that pine can see in the dark ebby can see in the dark roos has a light source Nari, you are relying on Roos's light source at this point. Is that correct? Oh, I forgot to say, oh my gosh, guys, I am so sorry. That room that you were in before, the floor tiles themselves kind of gave off a very faint glow. Um, enough to just kind of light the room very dimly, but um, but there was definitely a, a glow in the room. And after all the shenanigans with the crystals and the statues, nothing has changed in the main room that you can tell. So Nari, I wanted to know what are you doing for a light source? Are you relying uh, I, on? I do Roos? have another torch, so that would I would light. Okay, so just a heads up: if you light this other torch, um, you will be then reliant on um, a one-handed weapon unless you drop your torch. Hmm. Well, okay. I, I guess that's just the the life I'm going to have to lead right now. If you'd like, I could carry that. Oh, that would be very kind. Yes, no, that would be. Incredibly appreciated. Thank you. Yes, happy to. Okay, so uh, I don't want I don't want to leave what Ebby said just hanging in the air. I want I want to uh, address like, like um, as as I look at the statue. So as Pine looks at the statue and looks back at Ebby, um, the thought occurs to him: Well, maybe maybe the Empire will 
Maybe they were inspired by this or found some kind of ancient crystal technology to make you possible. Maybe there was something before the Empire. Hmm. You made a comment about the symbol of my my organization. Maybe you're much older as well. Maybe these deacons are from some ancient civilization and you're you were brought back, but you're perhaps from a long time ago. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't know. I, my only recollection was waking up on a, on a table, on a slab in a research facility. There were a number of very large crystals in the room. And I would imagine some sort of crystal technology researchers or, or scientists that were doing the experiments. Um, there were some guards and there were a number just like me that were laid out all around the room on different tables and slabs. Um, and when I started to speak and started to talk to or see where Neam was, this voice that had been speaking with me, they assumed that I was defective. They tried to pull the plug literally out of the back of my head. See this hole here. In fact, they tried to pull it right out of that. And I could feel as though my life force were going to slip away at that moment, but then something erupted within me, just this energy, this force. And I I sat bolt upright, jumped up on the table and fought my way out of there. Uh, but I did see a number of others just like me in that room. And then when I was leaving, uh, when I was leaving the facility, I found in the woods, it was a... Um, well, it was almost like a graveyard, if you will. It was a piles of what looked like failed experiments of those similar to me. I mean, if if we had existed before, they must have found quite the stockpile of of others just like me. Hmm. That would explain why they didn't know what to do with you. Well, they seem to know what to do with the others in Tabory now. I fear you are correct about that. Well... It's a piece of the puzzle. We'll find out more, Evie. We'll, we'll find out more about you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> maybe maybe this is why I came here. Maybe Neam has been guiding me this whole time and I haven't even realized it. Hmm. Neam, uh, the name's not familiar. It's not one of the lords and ladies. I mean, I don't, not particularly religious, but... Uh... It's not a name I'm familiar with. No, and in fact, I've tried to find that name in all the readings that I've done over the last few years and haven't really seen much of that name either. Um, he said that he was trying to awaken us, the slumberers, and that he only succeeded in waking me up. And then he encouraged me to find a way to awaken the others. But I've, <laughs> I've racked my brain for hours uh, trying to figure out how one would do that. Do we unplug them like they tried to unplug you? And I'll like point to the the same socket that you were talking about. Well, you know, I suppose that's something we could look at. I didn't stick around long enough to get a good look at those other deacons. I'm, if I have to confess, I'm a little bit worried that they might be on the lookout for a rogue deacon themselves. And if I made myself known, they would invest significant resources in trying to capture me and subdue me. Now, Ebby, one, one little thing that you would remember as well, that when you were in that facility and they unplugged you, you could actually see like the conduit going from the spike from the back of your head. You could see it going 
down to the ground and and then trailing back to this giant apparatus with all these crystals. And as you think about it, as you think back, you remember seeing that the conduit went to this cluster of of hoses and tubes to this um, apparatus with all these crystals. And the crystals, there was, I mean, they, these were large crystals, seven feet tall each, but it was red, orange, yellow, green, light blue, dark blue, purple, and white, all in a row, arcing with energy back and forth. Um, so the deacons that you saw in Tabory were not plugged into anything because you were plugged into like an apparatus with a hose and tube. Does mm. that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you were plugged into the wall um, and they tried to unplug you from the wall. These guys are not plugged into the wall either, but yet still they have some kind of power source. Got it. I'll, I'll kind of relay that just so that way the group in character are, are that they're aware of that whole apparatus. So I'll, I'll run down that, that okay. situation to them as well. Sorry, it seems like you have an innate relationship with crystals. Honestly, I think that that is how I operate. Something about the crystals has given me energy and given me life. I don't know if it has given me a mind and a soul or if those existed separate to it, but I feel that the crystals and the magic that they produce somehow is what powers me in a way. Now, do we know, are these... The colors here on the floor and the colors of the crystals here in this statue's cupped hands, are these the only colors for crystals or are there others? You can make a nature check or a an arcana check. I made it. I rolled a 12 in my nature check, but I was asking that out loud to everybody else. Anybody can make that roll if they want to. I'm not anybody. I got a 13 on arcana. Okay. On Arcana. Okay. So you would know, um, as far as nature, you've never heard of other colors. In fact, this is pretty much the, this is the spectrum of crystals in the known world. Okay. Um, now with your Arcana check, Roos, um, you, you've heard, but you're not exactly sure you've read, but whatever you read didn't quite sink in enough to really internalize it. But you remember reading something about each of the colors representing something about you know, magical force. So maybe like each color represented a different type of magic or a different school of magic or a different um, effect in magic. Okay. I'll, I'll relay that to the group and say, I, I use basic crystals in, uh, in my little tricks that I do, but uh, apparently each one has an affinity with a different type of, of magic, if you will. Well, should we continue on? Yes, please. I want to see what's down this secret passage so badly. Yeah. <laughs> this passage heading off to the back to the west um, is narrow. It's about five feet wide. Um, it looks like it extends on quite a ways. But with, um, I think, Ebby and Pine, you guys can see all the way to the end. Um, and it looks like, um, yeah, it just looks like a long hallway. And it looks like possibly when you get to the end of the hallway, there's something south. So it's something like turns to the left. I need to know marching order. Shall we do the same as before? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Okay, so we've got Pine and then Roos and then Nari and then Ebby. All right. Pine, as you start heading down, I would need to know if you guys are going to be silent or if you guys are just going to be traipsing through and tromping and all that, making noise. I mean, we might as well be silent, right? Yeah, super stealth. Okay. Ooh, I did roll a super stealth. I got a 23. 
we're going to have you roll it with advantage because you guys are all working together. But I I think that you can't beat um, a a 20. So you got a 23 with your stealth. Um, As you begin to move down the hallway, uh, as you get about 30 or 40 feet down the hallway, you can see it does open up to your left. uh, Almost like there's like a, the hallway where it ends, it's kind of like a, a landing and then to your left, it looks like there's some stairways that go down into a bigger chamber. Um, but more pressing, you start to notice that the spider webs that you're walking through are getting thicker and thicker. Oh, bother. I just said, oh, bother, like Winnie the Pooh or something. <laughs> I picked up on my microphone, but... It was, uh, no, I heard it. It was good. I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> oh, bother. Okay, At least you right. didn't say, think, think, think. there's a rumbling in my tumbly um so pine will draw his sword and again cautiously approach the landing so that i can see into the room and if i need to cut some cut some webs if i if i need to okay um why don't you make a you already have a great stealth check um so actually Sorry, Paul, one, one thing. When I see the spider webs getting thicker, I will draw my sword and I'm going to enter a stance. Okay. All right. I am going to quietly say, the frozen blade spells disaster. Frigid retribution stance. And I'm going to take a very, uh, uh, it's a, kind of a, a general posture, but it's, it's one that uh, prepares me to quickly retaliate when I'm attacked. Um, and it will deal cold damage if I get hit. And I also get five um, uh, temporary hit points. Oh, fantastic. All right. And you're going to kind of move forward. Uh, so, yeah, as you as you move forward, you get to the edge. Pine, make a perception check. Okay. Let's go for another nat 20, huh? <laughs> nope, it's a seven. So close. <laughs> as you look into this room, you see that the spiderwebs are definitely... Uh, thicker here. The room, so as you get to this landing, you see that it's about like 25 feet to the end of the hall, and then there's a staircase going down to a lower level. As you look down there, it looks like the area is pretty full of spider webs. There's also, it looks like there's some kind of a pipe on the wall that has um, uh, it has a crack in it and water is flowing out, but it's draining slowly into this grate that's built into the floor. Um, so the room is not filling with water. It's like it's reached some kind of an equilibrium where there's just like this large puddle in the middle of the water or in the middle of the floor, which you assume would kind of slow down your movement, i.e. difficult terrain. Okay. Uh, and then at the at the uh, further south, there's another stairway that kind of heads down into a hallway that looks like it heads back to the east. So you're kind of doing this zigzag pattern through this facility. Okay. But that's all you see. But everybody else has seen Pine now enter a stance and draw his sword. And you can kind of see the spiderwebs that he's had to kind of slice through very gently. Oh, you had to slice through spiderwebs, correct? Uh, No, I was just saying if I had to, I would. You didn't tell me I had to, so. Well, um, with your stealth check, we'll say you haven't had to yet. But here you are. At this point, you cannot go any further without slicing some spiderwebs. Or interacting with them somehow. Um... How far down is the pipe? I see. So I think that um, you said there was a pipe and I'm, I'm over on a landing. Could I go over the edge of the landing and land on this pipe? You can. It's about 10 feet down to the pipe. And then it's another like five feet down from there to the actual floor. Okay. Can I, If I did that, would I disur- disturb fewer spider webs? Possibly. Um, we'll say that you will possibly disturb fewer, um, but there's still a chance that you're going to disturb some of these spider webs. Okay. All right. I'm going over the edge. 
Why don't you make an acrobatics check? We'll say difficulty 15. Oh, that's hard. Well, not to hurt yourself to avoid the spider webs. I landed in spider webs. With you a landed in spider webs. So you land on the pipe and jump down. And as you jump down to the floor, you... I mean, these spider webs, they're relatively thick, but there's some thin ones. And as you land on the floor, you feel like a spider web come up right underneath your armpit and snap. And everybody else has kind of moved up to see what's going on. Roos, you see Pine jump down. You're the next in line. And this is where we are going to rule initiative. I knew it. (laughs) Oh, terrible. I rolled a three for my initiative. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh oh, I rolled a uh, pine rolled a nine I got a nine so so uh, Nari we keep rolling the same initiative or I, I guess I keep rolling the same initiative at least as at least one of my allies <laughs> you just like to work in concert with other people that's all <laughs> I'm a team player what can that's I say right. at the end of the day you know all right, Nari what was your roll again nine a nine okay well, here is what's going to happen. We have now entered combat. I think everybody's aware that something is happening, so there's no surprise going on. But all of a sudden, from the roof or from the ceiling, you see a bunch of, well, I was going to say small, but they are anything but small. Spiders. These are like the size of, oh gosh, um, lions, I guess. These are medium-sized um spiders drop down from the ceiling one of them dropping right by pine one of them dropping right by roos and they are going to attack you see five spiders drop into this room uh, four of them are in the main area one of them has dropped up onto the up here onto the landing to attack roos so we are going to roll some attacks um uh Abby, you can make a nature roll as well Ooh, okay let me do that and here is the attack against um, against Roos. Roos, you got hit with a with a nineteen, and you are going to take some damage. It looks like you're taking uh, four damage. And Roos, I need you to take make a Constitution save. Difficulty eleven. Okay, uh, I rolled a seven. You take six more damage from poison. So it was eleven total, and you are paralyzed. Oh. <gasps> No, wait, sorry. No, you're not. Never mind. Let me read back some of my notes. Okay, sorry. You're not paralyzed yet. I feel like you just crowned the uh, the wrong Miss America. (laughs) I know, right? Oh, uh, who was that who did that? Uh, Was that... Uh, I remember Mario Lopez had that one lady who had the terrible answer talking about the Iraq and the North Koreas and such. They need more maps. <laughs> they need more, like, maps. need more maps, guys. Come on. We're Erica. We can give them more maps. The guy that read the, the wrong name was like a daytime... Uh, Harvey, was it? Yes, yes, that's who it was. Oh, I was I couldn't remember his name, but it was daytime host of some sort. Okay, wait. Imagine. I just have to pause and tell you guys the story. Sorry. Okay, um, no, that's great. I had a second cousin who needed to live with me for whatever reason. So she was here for two months. Anyway, she told me this was during the summer when there were fires happening. And she asked me why in California, they weren't just turning on the fire hydrants to help the firefighters. Oh, Oh, that poor sweet thing. Bless her heart. So sorry. I just, I just had to throw that story out there. Oh gosh. 
That reminds me of the lady who called in to complain about the deer crossing signs because mm-hmm. it was on a busy road. And she's like, why don't we move the deer crossings to less busy roads? <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, the deer don't follow the sun. Anyway, it was hilarious. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the, other, uh, the other spider that dropped down, the one next to Pine, Pine, he attacks at you. He hits you with an 18. Um, I believe so. Um, yeah, and he is going to deal some damage, but it sounds like you're going to deal some damage back. Yeah, as he bites, as he as he strikes me, I kind of uh, quickly, like, basically jab him with my cane, and he will take five cold damage. Oh, fantastic. Um, you end up taking three damage. I need a constitution save for you. Wait, wait, only three? <gasps> only okay. three? That's awesome. Uh, constitution, you said? Yeah, I was using the 11. And it's an eight. Dang it. Oh, gosh. Okay, so you take, oh my gosh, you take another eight damage of poison damage. Okay, that sucks. My stance has ended. All right. Okay, Roos, you're up. Roos is feeling a little bit nervous. Um, I'm going to disengage with the one that bit me and try and get kind of shoulder to shoulder with uh, Pine a little okay. bit more into the room. So kind of standing a little bit in the water and I'm going to attack the spider that was attacking pine. Go ahead and make your attack against him. I rolled a 10 to hit. Okay. You miss. It just kind of skitters out of the way. It looks like you were very close to hitting, um, but it kind of jumped onto the side of the wall and then dropped back down. So you, you ended up missing, but you are now away from the spider that actually attacked you. Now, uh, pine, it's your turn. Okay, um, I am going to, I'm going to do a, a blade technique. So, okay. so I, I'm going to do a swordsmanship technique, uh, the rending sky technique. So Pine will say, the storm blossoms and is restless, rending sky. And uh, that's my bonus action. And then I will try to attack this with a sword attack. Does a 16 hit? That definitely hits. Okay, so I do seven damage, plus an additional 10 thunder damage from my sword technique. Okay. That's a total of 17. Okay. Um, And uh, then that's, I'll I'll keep it there. Okay, probably for the best because (laughs) you, you, you hit it and it looks like it's, it's, uh, as it's falling dead, all of a sudden it just bursts apart with thunder damage and Icker and, and chitin goes flying everywhere yeah um, somehow, you, I, somehow i slice the air just right and basically create a sonic boom that that reverberates through the entire room as well everybody hears it it's loud oh yeah it's called cavitation there's like a shrimp that does that where it pinches so quick and so hard it like breaks things in half oh the mantis shrimp yeah mantis yes shrimp. like that's basically what you do boom they can also see a billion colors that's true they're, they're amazing cool. all right nari you are up unless pine did you want to move um, yeah, at this point, yeah. So then I'm going to go ahead and move around the water, uh, okay. and try to come, uh, try to come. Uh, so if I understand correctly, there is a kind of two spiders to the south of the pool of water, one to the west of the pool of water, and then one up on the landing. Yep, exactly. Right. Yeah, there's four right. spiders left. Three of them are down here with you, but they're all kind of surrounding the water. Um, Roos is on the opposite side of them. And then, um, Pine, you move down to kind of get into contact with one of these spiders down below, which is yep. actually on another landing, which leads down to the next hallway that leads in the zigzag zigzag pattern back to the east. Yeah, I'll just get up in this grill. 
All right, Nari, what are you up to? I'm going to move towards the spider, and then I'm going to attack at him with my great axe. But I'm not happy about it. And that's a 20 to hit. That definitely hits. Why don't you roll some damage? Uh, so six slashing damage. All right, so six, six slashing damage to that spider. Um, very good. Do you want to do any more movement, or are you good? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay. That brings us to Big Papa. Uh, Dropping down from the, from the ceiling in like a little recess that you didn't think would be able to fit um, another creature, you see a... It looks like the spiders that have been attacking you, but this one is easily twice as big. This one is the size of a horse. Um, and um, it is uh, very disgusting. It drops down and it is going to go for, we've got basically three options. So I'm going to roll a die. We'll see who it goes for. Um, it's going for Roos. Roos, this spider leaps down from the uh, ceiling and it comes right after you. Uh, it is going to try to bite you and it rolls. Oh, it definitely hits. It's a 23 to hit. And it's going to um, try to do some damage. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he rolled max damage. Roos, that's 11 damage, my friend. Roos is unconscious. Oh no. Okay, um, Roos, you are now paralyzed. Um, and you are stable. You are at zero hit points. Okay. No death saves for you. Oh, man. That's almost okay. worse. <laughs> Abby, you are up. Uh, question for you. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is something that I'd be able to like take a check to see if I can figure out. But if Roos were to be healed, uh, do I get the sense that any paralysis may be lifted? I probably wouldn't know this, would I? Make a medicine check. All right, let's see. I'm actually not bad with medicine. <laughs> but I rolled a two, and plus five is a seven. You have no clue. Okay, awesome. All right, well, uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I am going to call upon... Uh, Lord Moshe's companion. And so kind of a green glow emanates from the chest. And uh, I think let's do, I want to do a different one, but I think it makes sense in this case, just to do the unicorn like spirit creature okay. kind of thing again, and just center that somewhere in the middle of the room. So that way the aura will cover all of us. That's easy enough. And then, um, I am going to use Erdos's word on Roos from back here. So that way I can heal him and hopefully get him back into the action. Okay. So he's going to be healed for seven max, max hit points. And then everybody gets the plus three additionally. Does he get the plus three as well? I think so. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, Roos, your eyes flutter open. You can you can feel that you couldn't move, and then you feel like your body, you can feel like your fingers starting to like warm back up again. Uh, but they were starting to feel kind of cold there for a second, especially as you're also laying in a puddle of water uh, at this point. Uh, but you are awake, and you are no longer paralyzed. So that's good. All right, but you are still prone. And that brings us back to the little guys. Okay, um, Nari, you are getting attacked by one. Pine, you're getting attacked by one. And we've got two who we have to see what they're going to do. So, Nari, a 21. I'm guessing that hits. That does hit. I am rolling uh, insane damage. Um, you take two damage. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I need you to make a constitution save. That's insane. I know, and these are not super strong bad guys either. Rub it in. <laughs> Constitution save seven. <laughs> Was it seven? Okay, so then you also. Oh my gosh, you take ten poison damage. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so their difficulty. It's only a DC eleven, and then you can you can uh, bypass the the poison, or you get half damage to the poison. But nobody is saved yet. Okay, Pine, you are getting attacked as well. Um, and that is a, that's a 21 to hit. Oh no, that's a 19 to hit. That will hit. All right. And you take five damage, make a constitution save. Okay. Five damage, constitution save. Come on, 11, 10. <laughs> and you take six poison damage. <laughs> oh my gosh. These guys are going to kill us. Oh, I'm not laughing at you guys. I am literally, I am uh, incredulous. I cannot believe this is happening. All You're right. Looking with uh, us. It's all good. <laughs> all right, fine. One of, the, one of the spiders is coming after you, and then the other one is going after Roos, who it sees is on the ground, but it sees its eyes flutter open. So, Roo, uh, Pine, here's the attack against you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I rolled a 21 with this stinking challenge reading, I think, quarter or maybe one half uh, creature. Um, he rolled a 21. So that's going to hit you. And oh my gosh. And oh my seven damage. That's maximum damage. Are you? Okay. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to ask about your hit points. Uh, make a constitution save. 14 for save. And you saved. So you only take three poison damage. Oh, man. Oh, if we were on video, you guys would see how red my face is and how hard I'm laughing, not at like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's keep on going. Um, and then, Roos, uh, one of them's going to attack at you with advantage because you are prone. Um, and it, I, I, did it hit you? I can't see what the number is. Um, that is a... That's a, a 16. That hits, uh, yeah. Okay. So, Roos, you are going to take five damage. Make a constitution save. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. And that's five more damage. That's I exactly down, what you had. I'm down again. Oh, hey, let's talk about a rule that we kind of have in place, which seems like this is a terrible time to bring it up. But we have a home rule where if you go unconscious, when you come back up, you have a level of exhaustion. We've talked about that before. Everyone's still cool with that rule? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm. That's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. Okay, so Roost has. Uh, if he when he comes back up, when he does, um, he will have now two levels of exhaustion. All right, and that brings us to Roost. 
I'm going to need you. Oh, and you are paralyzed and stable, so no death saves. Hmm. I'm sure I'd make a tasty snack. <laughs> well, the good news is, is that they don't kill you during <laughs> initiative. I mean, after that. Come on, dude. Until I'm wrapped in webs and they can slowly suck me dry. <laughs> All right, Pine. Well, uh, this is I, this is real bull, Paul. <laughs> I am very sorry. It's okay. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm, uh, I can try to give myself a, a, a couple more hit points, but it's not going to make any difference if I'm getting attacked by two spiders. So I'm going to attack one of them and hopefully hit an 11. No, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, good. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, and, that's what I'm going to do. And then the damage is nine damage. Nine damage, nice. And then I'm going to... Uh, do I burn my last spell? I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to burn my last spell. I'm going to say... Uh, I'll do my Swordmaster's Fury. So I'll okay. say, Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury! And I'll do like an extra twist of my sword, extra, and then and draw it out and do some additional damage. So that would be... Uh, an extra seven radiant damage. Okay. This spider in front of you, it kind of, uh, as you hit it with radiant damage, it kind of glows from the inside and then it like collapses on itself. Like the only the exoskeleton is left and it's just all dried and, and it's just a husk at this point. Um, so there is another dead spider. Okay. And don't forget, you got your, all your, all your commander's morale back. I do, but that takes my action. And I want like I, like I said, I could heal myself up or I could try to keep myself from getting hit again. Okay. Um, Nari, you're up. All right. Well, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. So I'm just going to attack this spider with my great axe and I'm just going to do my best here. Cause I'm, little I'm one that's super unhappy with this. I got a 15 <laughs> to hit. That definitely hits. And then I got five damage. Five damage is just enough. You, this thing is skittering back and forth, trying to get you with its mandibles, and you just put your axe right between its eight eyes, and it is dead. Get wrecked. All right. Are you going to stay put, or are you going to move? Um, I will. I will first off use my bonus action actually um to heal myself a little bit so i'm a second roll, wind yeah i'm gonna roll a d10 here so i'm gonna heal myself for eight points and then i will jump on down here and i will confront this this big boy okay the, the big spider that's kind of in the middle of the room yeah but i'm also um, still not happy about it i just want to mention that <laughs> with your unicorn um, totem, if she heals herself, does that also gain benefit? Or is it only if you heal? Um, let's see here. Let me check and see. If you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature. So I have to cast the spell. All right. Well, we have a giant spider here who is going to now. Um, let's see. Roos is in no... Uh, position to attack back, but now Nari is here. All right. Yeah, uh, Nari, uh, this spider looks at you, and instead of attacking you, it, it rears back its head and lets fly with a bunch of web. Mm. And a 21. You are hit with all this sticky web, 
and you are restrained. Now on your turn, you can make a strength check, difficulty 16, to break out, or you can try to attack it and cut the web. But right now, you are restrained. Wow. So if, you, if, she, so if she tries to attack, she'll have disadvantage on the attack? Yeah, and she cannot move from the position that she's in. Hasn't been the first time I was stuck with some web. Sorry. <laughs> and then this spider, the big spider, now that you're stuck, kind of is going to move back. So you can make your um, your reaction if you want to. I think you, do you still get reactions with restrained? Yeah. Okay. So you can make your attack, but it's with disadvantage. Okay, so it's an attack then? Yeah, if you want to attack this giant spider as it tries to back up away from you, skitter backwards. Uh, 16. That hits. Why don't you roll some damage? Uh, nine. Nine damage. Fantastic. Okay. Ebby, that brings us to you. All right. Well, I'm going to advance a little bit on this platform so I can actually see, get a better view of what's going on down here. Um, I'll call down to Pine. Say, how are you holding up down there? Poorly. <laughs> You see Roos unconscious laying in the water. Again. Goodness. Okay. Um, am I able to see whether or not like he appears stable from where I am, or is that going to be too difficult to perceive? You can make a medicine check again. Okay. I'll let you make a medicine check. High difficulty since you're so far away. Yeah. Boom. Nat 20, oh, 25. You, you see his chest moving, rising and, uh, and falling. And it seems, I mean, you can see that he's like been hit, but it looks like his breathing is measured and he is, um, he is, his breathing is under control. Got he's it. in no danger of bleeding out. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and cast um, a second level Erdos's word on, on pine. Um, okay. So 10 points of healing and then everybody gets an additional three in the aura. Oh, good. <laughs> Roos, your eyes flutter back open. Whew. And then for my... And then I will also use my innervating strike to kind of charge up my rod, my inanimate rod, and pull that out and kind of start moving towards a uh, big spider guy here. And that'll be it for my turn. Okay. So... Uh, this room is full of spider ichor and chitin and guts and webs. And Ebby, as you pull out that rod off your hip, um, it starts to kind of glow with, uh, with kind of that natural energy, that arcane power, whatever it is that you invigorate that with. Uh, coming towards this horse-sized giant spider, Roos's eyes fluttering open as he lies in this puddle of water. Um, Nari... Uh, is covered in web, tied up like a cocoon, and Pine is confronted with uh, a spider uh, just after just slaying another one. We are going to end here for tonight. Ooh, come on, <laughs> I'm dying here. So I want to thank everyone for playing, everyone for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 12-Sided Guys.